And we are going to do part two from the message we talked about last week. And um, it's, I guess you can call it part two. It's, it's kind of a, a separate subject in a way, but um, it's kind of based off the same story. So last week, we talked about Achan. We told the story about Achan, how he took of the accursed thing. And as a result of that, he made Israel to transgress. He made Israel to sin. And many people died as a result of that. And then finally, Achan uh, was put to death. Him and everything he owned, his entire family, they were all put to death. They were all stoned. And we showed in the New Testament how God feels the same way today in the church. Uh, if you have sin in your life, it's bad for the whole church. It hurts the whole church. And um, you know, we showed how it applies. So the only exception really... Uh, if somebody's sinning in the church, we don't stone them. Okay, and I, we we talked about why that is the case, why we do not stone people, and, and I'm glad too. I mean, honestly, there are some. I'm 100% for the death penalty, and there's people out there that really need to be put to death. Uh, James Holmes, you know, I found out that he is going. He got life in sentence without or life in prison without the possibility of parole. Now that makes no sense. So here's a guy that just you know massacred a bunch of people. And now we are going to make him a burden on taxpayers for the rest of his life. Where he's going to get all kinds of great health care and three square meals and treated good with all these civil rights. And while there's all these other people out there who've lost their family and just I'm not talking about that tonight, but it's pretty frustrating. But even with him, I'd rather not be the one to stone him. I wouldn't, want to, I wouldn't want to throw a rock to kill him. Maybe punch him in the face or something like that. But I, I wouldn't want to stone somebody. That'd be a tough way to go. And I, mean, I just, I, I wouldn't want to do that. If I, if I had to kill somebody, you know, to protect my family or protect myself or someone else, I would do it. But I don't really want to. Uh, it's, I'm not, I'm not a bloodthirsty person. But um, thank God that. You know, sins can be forgiven, and thank God that we don't have to mess with that. Now I'm glad, and uh, there are people though that uh, you know it does need to be done sometimes. And I don't like war, but sometimes there needs to be war. And I'm glad that there are soldiers who will go and fight. And um, I don't want to do it. If I had to, I would, but I'm glad I don't have to. But tonight we're going to uh, kind of back up a little bit in this story because uh, we know that he took the accursed thing. And we know the things he took. You know, there was the Babylonian garment, there was the silver that he took. And, you know, the truth is, you know, there's nothing wrong with silver. Uh, there's nothing wrong with, you know, certain items of clothing. But what would a curse things be to us today? Okay, and that's what we didn't really talk about a lot last week. And that's what I want to talk about tonight are cursed things. So if, we, if this applies to us today, if we're supposed to learn from this today, what would be some accursed things that we need to make sure we keep out of our houses? What are some accursed things that we need to make sure we keep out of the church? What, how would we apply these things today? So first, let's go to Joshua chapter 6 and verse 17. And it says, this is when God is getting ready to give them Jericho. Okay, The stuff that Achan had taken was in Jericho. And we all know that story very well. And it says, "...and the city shall be accursed." even it and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed 
when ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So right here is where God gave a clear command. Don't take anything from there. And of course, that Babylonian garment He took for Himself. That should have been something that was destroyed. Something that was left there. He took the silver, but we see that was supposed to go to the sanctuary of God. That was supposed to go for the work of the Lord. He was not supposed to keep that from Himself. So, you know, what was the problem with these things that they took? One of the, you know, a lot of times whenever they would go into different places, you know, he would tell them just utterly destroy everything. And one thing he didn't want them doing was going and taking their gods and things because. You know, they would end up worshiping these things. And really, when we look in the Bible, a lot of different passages about things that are accursed, things that the New Testament also talks about being accursed, I think it becomes very clear what accursed things are. And it definitely would have been the case with the story of Achan. And you can see why these things would have been accursed. So, first, you know, what are accursed things? Go to Galatians chapter 1 and verse 8. Galatians 1. In verse 8, got a frog in the throat tonight. It says, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Okay? Someone who brings another gospel. Someone who preaches anything other than the truth, the Bible says, let him be accursed. So, what would we categorize this at? Well, I believe things or people that turn us away from God. Things that turn us from God, we need to keep away. And you know what? We bring these things into our house all the time. For example, through the television set. I mean, just look at all the lies that people are told in their homes. You know, there was a day if somebody wanted to spread a lie, he had to go out into the streets and he had to go and try to do whatever he could do to gather an audience and to get people to listen to what he had to say. Nowadays, any loser can go and film himself with his own camera, put it on his computer, post it on YouTube and the Internet and try to get a following and lie to people. And people every day, I mean hours and hours a day, will sit there in front of these televisions, sit there in front of their computers while people lie to them, turn them away from God, preach another gospel, and the Bible says let him be accursed, and that people are bringing these accursed things into their home. I mean, all this false teaching, false doctrine, I mean, just some of the crazy things people come up with. You know, I don't watch these TV preachers and stuff that's out there. I don't read books by people that aren't, you know, Fundamental Baptist. I mean, I just don't waste my time reading people that believe false doctrines. I I see no need to do that because to me, reading is not a pleasure thing. Reading's work, and so why would I why would I waste my time with that stuff? But yet, people all the time are bringing this stuff, getting you know they're turning from truth, and the Bible says, though we or an angel. Let him be accursed, and people are bringing accursed things through the books, through the movies, just through the things they watch in their television sets, the things that are getting beamed down from these satellites, you know, the things that come through the computer, through the internet. These things will ruin your your lives. 
They will, they will destroy you. They will get you on a wrong path. And the Bible says, let him be accursed. Even if it was an angel, let him be accursed. Anything that would turn you away from truth, anything that would turn you away from God, don't listen to them. They are accursed. Basically, idols. Okay? I believe idols are the best way to categorize this. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 25. And on. Unfortunately, I think many times we make the mistake of thinking an idol is just a statue. Okay? We think an idol is, if it's, you know, I don't have statues in my house. I don't have a Buddha statue or anything like that in my house. I don't even have a, you know, Mary uh, statue in my house. You can still be an idolater without the statues. And in uh, Deuteronomy 7.25 says, The graven images of their gods shall ye burn with fire. Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared therein, for it is an abomination to the Lord thy God. Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be a cursed thing like it. But thou shalt utterly detest it, and shalt utterly abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. Okay? Now, this isn't all about idols tonight, but you know, think about this for a minute, because... This is, this is a, another thing we need to try to put ourselves in the mind of someone from back in those days. Okay? Now, back in those days, I think the imagination worked a little different in that people would get excited and intrigued and interested in things that to us would be really boring. Okay? I mean, most of us, you know, we, don't, we could care less about a statue. All right, you know, and especially if you know if you went in somebody's house and you saw a statue of, let's say, a half human, half animal type thing, a half man, a half fish, like Dagon was, you're not going to get real interested, are you? You know why? Because you know, there we have so many neater things in our mind, neater fantasies and stuff. Because of things like television, okay. You know, nowadays you can watch a movie where you can see, you know, we we can watch Superman, you know, catch a falling airplane, you know, we can watch, you know, or you know, Superman just do, you know, fly through the air and it look completely real. We can watch. I mean, just the uh, the special effects and things that are out there. We can watch anything. I mean, any fantasy anybody could ever imagine and come up with, I mean, you can see it right there on a screen that looks completely real. And boy, do we people not get caught up in that stuff? I mean, look at the Star Wars people and the Star Trek people. I mean, they literally live in this fantasy world. I mean, I've, I've heard of some of these Trekkies, as they know them, that literally know how to speak Klingon. I mean, I know you, how big of a loser do you have to be to sit around learning a language like that? Some of these uh, Lord of the Rings people that are all into that. I've heard there's these Lord of the Rings people that literally know how to speak the Elfish, Elfish, Elvish, however you say it, language that the elves speak on there. They go to these things all over where they all dress up like characters. You know, they got hobbits and dwarves and all these things, and they go and you know they they play these. You know, live action role playing type games that they talk about. I mean, just ridiculous stuff. But people love these fantasy worlds 
And we have all these fantasies that are, are in our mind and they've come through things like television and stuff. And so now, you know, back in the old days, they didn't have that. So what would they do? Well, they would make a statue of something no one's ever seen before. A statue of maybe a half man, a half fish. And they could tell stories about that half man, half fish. Hey, this is someone. You know that great sea out there that's so big we can't even imagine it? We have no idea what's out there. No idea what's on the other end of it. Well, there's been sightings of these half-human, half-fish people. And they have great powers and their gods. And people would look at these statues and they would start thinking about these things and have all these fantasies and they would get caught up in it. And don't we love fairy tales? Don't people, I mean, look how many people just love alien movies and are so intrigued by UFOs. Why are we like that? Because we have no idea what's out there. You can talk to these people. You know, uh, you know what do you think about you? you know, I, I believe there's aliens. I mean, I, I, they're out there. I know they're out there. You know, and why do we talk that way? Because we're all intrigued by the unknown, aren't we? And back then, one of the big things that could get people caught up in that unknown were idols and statues. You know, and nowadays, I think a lot of these movies and things that we have are an equivalent to an idol from back in those days. I really do. And the problem with these idols is that they turn people away from God. People would quit following after a God that they couldn't see. They couldn't see that God. And also, the God that they were supposed to be serving was a holy God. He was a righteous God. Or some of these other gods that people would talk about, they would see the statue. They were able to see statues. Some of them would build great big statues. You know, you got things out in Egypt like the Sphinx. A giant lion with a human face on it. I'll bet that got people pretty excited when they would come to see that. People probably come from miles to see this giant statue. And we do that today too, don't we? Have you ever heard of Mount Rushmore? You know, we get excited by those, you know, by those things. And, you know, the work of man's hands. And it was just a lot more exciting. And those things would turn people away from God. And look how many people today are completely uninterested in the things of God because of idols. Some people, they have no interest in going to church on a Sunday night or Wednesday night. That's when they're watching their TV programs. A lot more interesting trying to figure out, you know, if so and so is going to survive the zombie apocalypse. Okay? You know, and, and look how many people are literally just waiting for the zombie apocalypse to happen. I mean, who sits around and wants the zombie apocalypse to happen? But yeah, people wear t-shirts about it, they joke about it, and some people literally believe it. And they're waiting for it. Why? Because their world stinks so bad, they're all caught up in a world that they got from a demented TV show. And we think we're not idolatrous in this country. I really do believe our idols today are idols of fantasy just like back then, but we get ours from movies that we see. We're not smart enough anymore to look at a statue and come up with a fantasy. We've got to watch the whole movie about everything and you know where you got all the cool graphics and just, you know, everything, you know, looks so real and neat, but these things they were a problem because they turned people away from God and people are uninterested in the things of God today. Why? Because they've been turned from idols and it's resulted in not only making them or 
them taking in the accursed thing, but now they are accursed themselves. It said you will be a cursed thing like it. And the Bible says we need to utterly detest it and abhor it for it's a cursed thing. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 13. Deuteronomy chapter 13 in verse 1. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and in silver and gold. Uh, and he went on... Oh, and I'm in Genesis. Why am I in Genesis? Like, I don't remember reading my lot. I'm in, it's Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 13. Deuteronomy chapter 13. It says, If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder... And the sign of the wonder come to pass whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So right here, and stop for a second. But notice, you know, this dreamer of dreams that it talks about, a prophet, if he shows you a sign or a wonder. Now think about back then how much easier it would have been to deceive people because of how simple they were back then. You know, they, the people were much simpler back then. Their imaginations weren't like ours today. I mean, you can make up any conspiracy, any fantasy, and there will be people out there that totally believe it, won't they? No matter how far fetched. I heard a while back they made a documentary about mermaids. And they made it like it was real. They made it to look like it was real. It was just an entertainment thing. And people watched that documentary and literally believed in mermaids. They're all like, people are like, where have I been? How come I haven't heard about this? They thought it, they, they took it as completely real. People are very gullible. Even today, with all the science, with all the technology to prove things, People are so gullible today. And just imagine back then what it must have been like. It's a very simple life. And somebody comes along and gives them a sign or a wonder. And maybe he was just a little bit smarter than them. Maybe he was able just by looking at things in nature to be able to tell maybe when a storm was coming, when it was going to rain. And he was able to predict the weather just because he had greater knowledge than they did back then. You know, maybe he figured out that you could take a magnifying glass and make fire with it from the sun and would use something like that and to deceive the people. And it said here, don't listen to them because they're doing it to try to turn you away from God. And then he goes on, you know, he talks about the prophets and the dreamer of dreams. He says, keep them away. Why? Because they were going to turn away from God. And then look what it says in verse 6, If thy brother, the son of thy mother, the son of thy daughter, or the wife of thy bosom, or thy friend, which is it as thine own soul, entice thee secretly, saying, Let us go and serve other gods which thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers, namely of the gods of the people which are round about you, nigh to thee or far off from thee, from the one end of the earth even to the other end of the earth. Thou shalt not consent to them, nor hearken unto them, neither shall thine eye pity him, Neither shalt thou spare, neither shalt thou conceal him, but thou shalt surely kill him. Thine hand shall be first upon him to put him to death, and afterwards the hand of all the people. And if you go and read the rest of the chapter, it's just warning them about allowing anyone in their life that would turn them away from God. If they, if somebody came along and did that, 
you need to kill them. If they are doing that to you, if they are trying to get you to turn them from God, they need to be taken. You're the first one to put your hand. You don't just kill them right there. You bring them before the congregation, and they're all going to lay hands. And he said, "Don't pity them." And the reason, because we you cannot allow anything to turn you away from God. It will ruin your life. It would ruin the nation of Israel. They are accursed. They were accursed people that would do that. And so really, anything that turns us away from God, we need to look at as an accursed thing. Any idol, whether it be a statue, whether it be, uh, whether it be riches. Okay? Riches are an idol. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, Patience, meekness. It says, stay away from these things. I mean, flee from that. Why? Because sometimes riches will turn us from God. It will get us away from the things of God. And once riches does that, it's an accursed thing. Many times, these idols that they would go after, it was because, it wasn't so much because they were intrigued by the statue and maybe the legends surrounding it, but it was because of the gold and silver that was in that statue because of the value of it and they would get greedy but then they would they would want it but then eventually they'd start serving that god and so god said just abhor it detest it keep it away from you but riches they can be an accursed thing just the pleasures of this world second timothy chapter 3 verse 4 says traitors heady high-minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of god having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Okay, people these days, they're so caught up in the pleasures of this world, they just have no interest in the things of God. Many people today, they don't want to go to church. You know why? Because it's not fun. They don't want to go to they don't want to be a witness. They don't want to read their Bibles because they're not entertained by that. They don't feel like they have anything to gain from that. People are so caught up in getting riches, getting things for themselves, for them to come to church and to start giving of themselves, especially giving of their possessions, that's the farthest thing from their mind. They don't want to do that. They're not interested in that type of thing. And the Bible says people like that from such turn away. Don't get caught up in that. Don't get caught up in those things. Don't get caught up in the cares of this world. Matthew 13, verse 22, He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the Word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the Word, and he becometh unfruitful. Sometimes people, I'm not greedy. I don't want money just for myself. I just want these things because I need them so I can have an easy life. And the truth is, they want they're just they're looking for that security because they've gotten caught up in all the cares of the world. I mean just you know you watch the news today 
And it should just be a matter of time and we're all going to be broke. We're all going to be penniless. We're all going to be standing in soup lines. We're all going to be dying because of global warming and famines and diseases. And people feel like I've got to protect myself from all these things. And you know what? If I go to church, if I get caught up, I, I, I can't give right now. I've got, I'm too busy stocking up my basement. You know, prepping for the apocalypse. You know, I'm too busy buying ammo. So I'm ready when the zombies attack. You know, I mean, they're just, they get caught up in all the cares of this world. And the Bible says, don't do that. Turn away from that. These things are pulling people away from God. And we, we can't let that happen. That literally, it's, it's an accursed thing and it will make us accursed. You see, in Israel, we, we see in the Bible it talks about the, you know, how, we see how bad things got in Israel sometimes. And we also, when we look in the Old Testament and you read about the horrible things, you know, when you read about the stonings, I mean, let's just be honest. When we read that part when it's saying not to pity your family when they come and try to lead you away from other gods, I mean, you know, just, just think about this, okay? I think, we're in the New Testament times right now. But I, you know, Brother Menez, I mean, I, I know you love your daughter, okay? But just, you know, imagine, you know, Emily comes home one day and, Dad, I was in school today. My teacher told me that we came from monkeys, that there's no creator, that we evolved, and you know what? There's, there is no God. And basically starts just spewing humanism to try to lead you away. And well, according to the law of God, all right, Old Testament law for Old Testament times. Now you've got to bring her before the congregation. My daughter tried to get me to go after another god. She got caught up in humanism, and I'm here today to. She heard it. My wife's here. She heard it. We are witnesses that she is following after other gods and trying to lead us astray. And then y'all go get stones and you get to throw the first rock at her. Now, when you when you read it, who who doesn't like the sound of that? I mean, does that 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 hurts, doesn't it? Okay. We let's just admit it. We don't have the stomach for that. I mean, let's just let's just admit it. If we lived back then, we we probably wouldn't do it, would we? And you know what? It's very clear they didn't do it very often. There was one story where I believe there was some, they heard someone blaspheme the name of God, but it was somebody else that ratted them out, and they went and stoned the guy for doing it. But they never did do these things. And what did the end result of that be? While you think that's horrible, going and stoning your daughter because she started spewing humanism, well, okay, we'll do it your way. We won't do anything about it. And so we'll let her continue that path and start leading other people astray. And you know what? That's exactly what they did. And you know what ended up happening? It got to the point where they were sacrificing their babies to Molech. Why? Because people came and turned them to other gods and they didn't do anything about it. So you might think God's cruel because He gave a law like that, but because they didn't follow that law, 
Look at what happened to Israel. Look at how horrible things got. Look at some of the plagues that God had to bring through where thousands of people would get killed. Look at some of the armies that would come through and defeat them and just be great slaughters and massacres. Why? Because they followed other gods. And so, you might, you can, we can look at those things and say that's harsh. But let me tell you something. It is nowhere near what they suffered because they didn't follow that law. And so that's something we need to keep in mind with all this stuff. And that's why it was an accursed thing. If you had a family member that got you going after other gods, they are accursed. Now you are accursed. And it has a chain reaction. And listen, it wasn't just a few people that would do it. If it was, it would have been fine. But they kept recruiting and they would grow. And over time, it literally... I mean, had it not been for God's mercy, He would have wiped Israel out several times. And they, I mean, they, they got taken captive several times. Throughout the book of Judges, they were constantly being conquered. And then God would be merciful and He'd send a deliverer. And you look at all those stories and think, why is it so horrible? You know why it was so bad during those times? Because they weren't doing, they weren't following those things like we read in Deuteronomy chapter 13. And, it's very clear why God called these things accursed. Anything, anyone that turned them away from God was an accursed thing because when they got away from God, look at what happened. And let's just look at what's going on in our country today because of all the accursed things that are in the homes of people. We live in a country today that believe, I mean, it believes men can marry men and women can marry women. Our country believes that. You know, know what I've, been, I've been noticing something I've been hearing preachers say, and they are absolutely right. For years, I remember hearing people say, you know, if we don't do something, America is going to be in trouble. But now, it's America is in trouble. I mean, right now, we are past that point of where we always hoped we wouldn't get. We're past that now. And unfortunately, the devil's got a lot of people convinced that uh, it's not as bad as you think. You know why? It's because we slowly get accustomed to this kind of junk. And it's, I'm telling you, you know, we are in trouble now. Why? Because of all the accursed things. You know why so many people are accepting of homosexuality today? It's because of TV. It's made it seem normal. Like the new normal. Very popular TV show. Um, I don't even watch these sitcoms. Modern Family, I know, is a big one that's helped society accept homosexuality. Why TV shows did it? It wasn't idols that did it. It wasn't you know it wasn't statues that did it. It was television. I really believe these things are the new idols of today. They have made people accept it. We have allowed an accursed thing into our society, into our country, and it's even in churches today. There are churches today that are ordaining homosexuals. And you say, that's no big deal. You know, Who cares? As long as they preach the truth. Well, you go check up on some of these churches that are ordaining homosexuals and look at what they're producing. The heresy and the lies that come from those places, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I saw a picture of Rick Warren very influential, well-known preacher today. Holding, he was holding hands, not in a, like a, a queer way, but you know, he, he was like in like a victorious way with Sir Elton John. 
Why would he do that? You know, we've grown accustomed. We've allowed the accursed thing in, and look at what it has done to our country. Look at the family structure today. Look at just the perversion in this country today. Look at the diseases that are going on in our country today. Why? Because we brought in the accursed thing. People didn't have the stomach to do what they needed to do to keep that out of our country. They didn't have the stomach to do what the Bible said to do. And so we took it in, we allowed it, and it's, it's destroying our country. It's falling apart. And you know what? The same thing will happen in church. When we allow these things into our church, it will rot out the whole thing. It will destroy the whole thing. And so these accursed things today, anything that turns us away from God. But not just things that turn us away from God. Like the idols. okay, Like the possessions but also things that belong to God that we're keeping for ourselves. Because notice back there, and we're not going to go back and look at it, but in Joshua 6, God told them you know, that the gold and the silver and iron and those things that they found, those they could take, but they were going to go to the sanctuary of God. Those things, they were allowed to take them, but they had to get those belonged to God. They were His. And what was one of the things that Achan took? He took that wedge of silver, didn't he? And that wasn't an accursed thing until he kept it for himself when it belonged to God. Then it was an accursed thing. And I bet you all know where I'm going with this. Taking things that aren't accursed, things that belong to God, and keep them for yourself. The first thing is just our affections. Colossians chapter 3 Verse 1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, if you're saved, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Okay, now how do you set your affection on things above? Okay, well, one thing, laying up treasures in heaven, that would help. One of the reasons people aren't interested in things in heaven, they got too much on earth. They're worried about too many things on earth they're trying to get. Verse 3, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. For when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. So right here we see the importance of setting our affections on the things of God. You know how many people today, their desire, their affections, their feelings, the things they talk about, the things that they desire are the things of the world. And those affections belong to God. He should be what we're thinking about all the time. You know, His will should be what we desire more than anything. That's where our affections should lie. The treasures that we lay up in heaven, doing the work of Christ, not work for us. Those are the things that we're supposed to be seeking after. Those are the things that are supposed to consume us. And unfortunately, it's not. We're thinking about earthly things, what we can get for ourselves. And those our affections belong to God. If you are not interested in the things of God, if your affections are not on the heavenly things, the things above, 
Whatever it is they're on, whether it's on yourself, you are stealing from God. That belongs to God. Your affections belong to Him. But not just your, our affections, but our possessions. Okay? Malachi chapter 3, 8, and 9. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even the whole nation. Okay? Now, right here in my wallet, my, my daughter told me she opened my wallet today, and a moth flew out of it. Uh, she says, she swears, she's like, I think that's pretty funny. Okay, I've got one dollar in my wallet. Alright, that's all I got. Now, you know, this is not an accursed thing that I need to be scared of unless this was supposed to be my tithe. Okay, if, this, if this belongs to God, I mean, I ought to look at this dollar like, I don't want it. I'm not going to touch it. Keep it away from me. You know, get it out of here. I'm put it in the offering plate. I'm gonna put it show. Look at that. <laughs> I gave my last dollar. <laughs> but but that's how we ought to treat it. I I don't want it. I mean, when we give our tithe, the Bible talks about not giving grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves the cheerful giver. I mean, I, I like cheerful giver, but you know what? If I'd have wrote the Bible, I said, you know, I'd be a scared giver. I mean, when, I mean, and I, and I I'm not I'm not trying to change the Bible, but literally, our tithes, if we keep them for ourselves when they belong to God. It's a it's a curse. You're cursed with a curse. I mean, you ought to be scared to death of that money, and just be like, I'm getting rid of it. I don't want it. It belongs to God. That should be our mindset because when we keep things for ourselves that belong to God, we're cursed with a curse, just like Achan. Just silver, silver. There's nothing wrong with having some silver. Well, there was with that silver because that silver belonged to God, and. I'm not going to do it. Listen, I'm scared of stealing. Okay, I don't want to steal because I'm scared of the police. I'm scared of prison. I'm scared of having a criminal record and losing my reputation and things like that. So I don't go around stealing. I've thought of some ways that I might get away with robbing a bank and stuff before, but I, I just imagine I never did it because I'm scared. Okay, I will admit it, but I'm not. That's not the only reason. I'm scared of God, and in a good way. I am I'm scared to death, you know, the fear of God. We ought to have the fear of God in our life, and I am not going to keep something that's not mine. I'm not going to keep something that belongs to him because it becomes a curse. And what does it mean to be cursed? Well, when you're cursed, bad stuff happens, doesn't it? Bad things are going to happen. And most of the time people today, they don't give their tithes and offerings because they think, you know, I got to pay this bill, I got to do that, I got to protect myself, I got to take care of myself, not even realizing they're making it 10 times worse. Cursing themselves with a curse, keeping things that belong to God. And in Malachi I said, "Well, a man rob God." I said, "You've robbed me." I mean, if we, you know that you know, going out door knocking. So I go to houses all the time, and people have their doors unlocked and nobody's home. I, I could walk in there, and you know, I'm, so I always think of crooked things I could do. You know, I, I've got the job where I do estimates and stuff, and I go into people's houses all the time, uh, you know, to look at their basements and stuff. And sometimes I've even gone into people's houses when they weren't home. They've left the door open for me so I could get in there and go look at what I needed to look at. Because if I wanted to, I could 
go into I could go into one of these houses that's unlocked when nobody's home, and if I get caught, I could just tell the police, "Oh, I was there to inspect. I guess I went into the wrong house." You know, and I might be able to get away with it. I got a clean record. When you have a clean record, you can get away with a little more than when you when you've got a long record. And I could probably do something like that, but I'm not going to. I'm scared. I'm scared of the consequences. And if I was going to do that, I would not go to the sheriff's house and do it. And I certainly wouldn't go to the mayor's house and do it. Or I would not go to the governor's house and rob him. And I especially am not going to try to rob God's house. I am not going to do that. I don't want any of those. I don't want the county sheriff after me. I don't want the mayor after me. And I don't want God after me. Just as scared as I am of those people, I'm way more scared of God. And when we keep things for ourselves that don't belong to us, we are stealing. And those things become accursed. A lot of people are wondering why they're having the financial problems. I feel like I'm under a curse. Well, you are under a curse. You've kept something that's not yours. Something that doesn't belong to you. You need to get rid of it. You need to get it out of your house. Just like if somebody was having you know, demonic problems in their houses and you went over there and they had satanic statues and you know, satanic symbols all over their house. Just like we would tell them to get rid of those things, we ought to get rid of things even like money when it doesn't belong to us. You know, Detroit, they... How many seen the new satanic statue that they just put up in Detroit? They got this big, creepy satanic statue with these two little kids standing there at his knees. I mean, just disturbing stuff. Now, I think Detroit went to the devil a long time ago, and so it's probably fitting that they have a statue of their God there. I mean, that city is horrible. But, you know, a city like that that's that bad, you know, why, would, why would they want to bring something like that in there? And there is a reason. That's just called stubbornness. They're stubborn. They're, they're, it's a horrible place to live. It's a very terrible place. And I think it's just their way of shaking their fist at God and blaspheming His name just like they're going to do in the end times. And why, why would they want to bring more in? People are stubborn. They're idolatrous. But our possessions, they can become accursed things. But not just those. Our time and attention. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. How much time do we actually pay attention to the Scriptures? How much time do we pay attention to the Word of God? How much time do we meditate on these things? Right here we see blessed. Isn't that what we want? We want blessings. And here we see that the one who gets it is one who meditates on God's law day and night. One who puts a lot of time into the things of God, into the Word of God. But if you're not, if you're not doing those things, if you, if your time is all consumed by just doing whatever else, that time becomes a curse. It belongs to God. People wonder why why their lives are wrecked, and you see the foolish decisions they make, and you just ask yourself, you know, did they even think about what they were doing? And the answer is no, they didn't. Did they even pray about that? Did they even ask God? Absolutely not. Did they, you know, did they seek counsel? Did they go to the scriptures? 
No, they didn't. You know what they did? They called up some goofball friend on the phone. What do you think I do? And you know what? They were in the way of sinners in the seat of the scornful and it got them in trouble. And the Bible says, blessed is that man who doesn't do that, one who meditates on the law of God day and night. He deserves our time and attention. Psalm 37.4, delight thyself also in the Lord and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. To delight yourself in God. I mean, you know, to, you know, to take pleasure in God. To, to, you know, to think about Him. To do what He said to do. To take pleasure in doing the things that God said to do. When you take pleasure in doing the things of God, when you take pleasure in doing what God has called you to do and told you to do, God's going to give you the desires of your heart. He told us that in His Word. But most people today, they do the desire, or they do the things of God with a bitter attitude, a sorry attitude. Why? Because they have other things they want to do for themselves. They want to spend their time thinking about themselves. And right there, our time, our attention, it belongs to God. I mean... All the time that we have on this earth, it's, it's a gift of God. Every breath we take is a gift of God. Life itself is a gift of God. And for us to think that we can just do whatever we want, it's my life, well, you are sadly mistaken. And you can go ahead and take that attitude and say it's my life, but you know what the Bible says? You are bought with a price. And that ye are not your own. And so you go ahead and you take your life and you use it for yourself and you do what you want to do with your life, but now your life has become an accursed thing. And have fun with that. But last thing we see that belongs to God that we sometimes keep for ourselves, Psalms 118, verse 8 says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. You see, our faith, we talked about faith this morning. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. God, our faith belongs to God. We should not put our faith in ourselves. It belongs to God. We should not put our faith in this nation. We should not put our faith in a religion. We shouldn't put our faith in people, in a politician, in Washington, D.C. Who does our faith belong to? Our faith belongs to God. He deserves it. And if we go and take that faith, you know, I'm not going to trust in God. I'm going to trust in myself. I can, I can handle this myself. Okay, go right ahead. But that faith that you're putting in yourself, it belongs to God. And now, you have now just become an accursed thing. And you know what you're going to find out? You're going to find out, I don't, I don't know what God's going to do. Maybe He'll take away that ability that you have to do the work that you think you can do. He can do that. I mean, one accident. If your job is a physical one, one car accident, and you can't do that job anymore. If your occupation is something where you use your brain or whatever, hey, one good conk on the head, you know, it could mess that up. You'd be done. These things are all gifts of God. You go ahead and put all that faith in yourself, but you become an accursed thing and there's no telling what's going to happen. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. We need to do whatever we can to keep these accursed things out of our home. If I was to come in here today and I, I was to, I had a present all wrapped up. Okay, and most of you in here, you know enough about these things that you would probably react the way I would expect you to. But I went and I said, hey, I got this present for you. I don't want you to open it until you get home. 
And when you get home, I want you to get all the family around. You all get together. And I want you to open this present. This is my gift to you. And, all of a sudden, and I said, you know, your, your family's going to love it. It's a lot of fun. It's a great game. You all can play together. And you open it up, and it was a Ouija board. Now, what would you do? Hopefully, <laughs> if, if I open a present and it was a Ouija board, I'm going to get that thing out of my house so fast it's not even funny. I'm going to take that out in my backyard, and I'm going to burn it. And I'm going to spit on the ashes. You know why? Why? Because that's stuff we shouldn't be messing with. That's an accursed thing. If you gave me a present and it was some satanic statue with some, you know, satanic symbol on it, some, you know, you give me a something with a pentagram on it or a star of Remphan or even the peace symbol. I hate the peace symbol. I was complaining about that the other day. I'm getting rid of it. I don't want it. I'm not going to have anything to do with it. And and those things are the easy things to spot. But yet, sometimes these other things that are a lot worse, because see, those those things, those statues, symbols, the problem with those is that they turn people from God. But nowadays, those don't pack the same punch that they used to because we have other symbols that we get more excited about. You know, most people today could care less about a pentagram but they would get all excited maybe about a Superman S. <laughs> that, that kind of thing. You know, those steal our affections more. Those are the things we get caught up in more today. Those are fantasies that we like to think about and meditate on and, and imagine. Things, and we, we spend time on those things that belong to God, and we need to look at, start looking at those things as accursed things and saying, I'm keeping them out of my life. Anything that turns me away from God. Anything that, uh, as a church, anybody that comes in here that starts turning people away from God, turning people away from the things of God, we've, we've got to get rid of them. We, why? Because it will ruin our, it will ruin our church. It will hurt everybody. The consequence, he said, you know, that's hard. That's hard throwing somebody out of a church. Well, guess what? It's not near as hard as stoning them like they had to do in the Old Testament. And, we can say, I don't have the stomach to throw somebody out of the church. Well, okay, but you know what? If we don't, maybe one day it'll be a picture of me holding Elton John's hand that you see. There's no, you know, there's, I, I could stoop that low if I was to start bringing accursed things into my life. I could, you know, it, that kind of thing is possible. And so we, the consequences are too great. If we don't do these things, your decisions do not just affect you. Joshua 22, um, in verse 20 says, Did not Achan, the son of Zerah, commit a trespass in the accursed thing, and wrath fell on all the congregation of Israel, that man, and that man perished not alone in his iniquity. He, he didn't just hurt himself. You will not just hurt yourself when you bring in the accursed thing, and you got to determine your heart. I'm getting, I'm getting rid of it. Whatever it is, I'm keeping it out. It will help your whole family. It will help our church. As so I hope that's your desire today. So let's all stand together right now.